Hello everyone, I'm Jonathan Little. I'm here today with episode 227 of Weekly Poker Hand. This is again from the $300 buy-in final table at Stone's Gambling Hall. They have this tournament each and every month. We are well within the money. And right now the chip stacks are set up to be kind of interesting. Let's take a look. If you're not watching this, you can watch it at jonathanlittlepoker.com under the podcast tab. Here we have Jamar with only two big blinds. Very, very shallow. Then we also have a lot of medium and big stacks. The main players involved in this hand are going to be Dirty Donna, Chris, Brian, and Jamar. Now, Brian has 108 big blinds on the button. He's the big stack. We have Chris with 66 big blinds. He's going to be in the cutoff. We have Dirty Donna in the hijack seat with 64 big blinds. So Dirty Donna has the worst position of the three. So in this hand, what happens is they fold around to Dirty Donna in the hijack seat, and she makes it 18,000. And again, the second biggest stack, Chris, is in the cutoff, and the biggest stack, Brian, is on the button. I think this is a very, very big mistake to open almost anything in this scenario for Dirty Donna, because if she just folds a hand or two, she's going to essentially guarantee she's not the next one out. But if she decides to play this hand, it's at least somewhat likely the two other big stacks will call quite wide in position. Also, um, Jamar is in the small blind here with a stack size that cannot raise and then allow Dirty Donna to re-raise, forcing out the cutoff and the button if they decide to flat. So what's going to often happen here is um, Dirty Donna's going to raise. One or two of the big stacks is going to call in position. The shallow stack in the small blind is going to go all in, and then we're going to see a flop. But Donna really doesn't want to see the flop from out of position against the two big stacks, so she should play quite snugly. How does Queen Jack offsuit fare in this scenario? Well, I think it's a very, very easy fold because getting involved in the spot with a marginal hand, or a hand that's at least going to make mostly marginal hands after the flop, is not where you want to be. So just fold the Queen Jack offsuit. Now Chris decides to call the 10-7 suited in the cutoff, and I think this is reasonable as long as he does not think Brian is going to re-raise a lot on the button. If Brian re-raises here, both uh, the Razor and Chris have to fold, and that's pretty bad for him. So... I think calling's fine. It's not the best hand in the world by any means, but uh, it's okay. So, Chris, uh, Brian decides to call on the button with King 8 of Hearts. And, again, it's not the best hand in the world, but being in position with the big stack, he should be splashing around a lot, so I, I definitely think you need to play this hand. The question is, should you call or re-raise? And you can go either way. He decides to call. Now, Jamar claims in this hand, you can hear the table talk if you watch it, well, go back and watch the video, that he did not look at his hand and went all in. I think that is a significant blunder, if that is true. Maybe he was lying, but if that is true, that is a big, big mistake. A lot of people look at this and think, well, I'm getting good pot odds. I have to put in only 13,000 more to win, well, a quintuple up or something like that. I guess a 6x up, because so, uh, there's four players plus some antis. So I guess it's 5x up. And they call on the spot. But whenever you have the three big stacks all in the pot, I think you need to be really, really tight because there's at least some chance that there's a setup. Like imagine one player gets aces and the other one has, makes two pair on like nine, four, two, right? The person with aces is probably going broke. Um, you can also imagine spots where both players make three of a kind or someone makes a flush and someone makes a straight or someone has a set and someone has a flush draw, right? There are a lot of good things that can happen. And also, interestingly enough, this is a tournament where the big blind pays the ante. 
And normally that doesn't matter much at all because it just saves a lot of time. But whenever you are a very tiny stack, you don't have to put in any more chips until you are the big blind, which means you can kind of hang out for four or five hands and just hope to get something to go with. So Jack nine is what he ends up having. having. And if he had Jack nine here, it's probably close because Jack nine is at least a reasonable hand. But if you had seven two offsuit, you should certainly fold and putting it in blind would be a very, very big blunder. Jack Knight offsuit's probably fine to play, though. So anyway, he puts a stack in. And now the big blind with queen-5 offsuit calls two. I think this is definitely a fold from queen-5 offsuit. A lot of people have started to think that I'm in the big blind, I'm getting great pot odds, I should call with almost anything. The problem, though, is that hands like a big card and a little card are going to drastically under-realize their equity. Meaning, let's say the flop comes jack-9-5. Well, queen-5 needs to check fold. Say it comes queen-7-2. And you check, as you should with your top pair no kicker, someone bets and someone calls, or someone bets and someone raises, you probably need to fold, right? Imagine someone bets and you call. You're not loving it. So essentially you're playing a, a hand that is very rarely going to love it. And then there are some disasters where it comes queen, queen, three, where, you know, queen, five is certainly good, and you see here Dirty Donna has not dominated, right? So this is definitely a fold from big card plus little card in this scenario. Uh, those are hands you should typically fold as it gets more and more multi-way, Again, because you're going to really under-realize your equity. But he calls. We see it five ways. And jack-9 offsuit is all in. Flop comes. Jack-jack-9. <laughs> if you know you're going to flop a full house with jack-9 offsuit, you should definitely put it in. More importantly, though, we have Donna with three jacks. And we have Chris with king-8 of hearts. So he has a flush draw on jack-jack-9, two hearts. So let's take a look at the action. They check around to Donna, who should definitely bet. This is a scenario where it's very easy for your opponents to have lots and lots of draws, like gut shots, open-ended straight draws, flush draws, etc., or just a nine that will pay you. Pot's 97,000. Let's see how many she bets. Notice here Chris folds a gut shot, which is great for Donna, because that's a hand that just has some equity. Donna bets 75,000 into 95,000. Out of her, um, I think she had 415,000. I... Oh, I'm sorry, she had 500,000. I, I guess that's a fine bet. And on boards like this, you do typically want to use a bigger bet size if you are going to bet. And given this is a multi-way pot, you don't want to bet very often. So I suppose this is a fine bet size. Now it gets around to Brian, and he goes... Actually, he's thinking. Brian went all in for all of his ships. Okay, remember, Brian was the big stack. In this scenario, when Donna bets big on the flop, what does her range look like? It's probably going to be a lot of very good draws and jacks. Maybe some nines. The problem is if she has, has a nine, she's just going to fold. And if she has a draw, she's probably only going to call it off with ace, ten of hearts, exactly. Maybe queen, ten of hearts. And, you know, you're in fine shape against those, but that's only two combinations of hands. She, and she can't have 10 8 of hearts, worth noting, because Brian has the 8 of hearts in his hand. So I think Brian, in this scenario, given the fact that Dirty Donna should be quite snug betting this flop, should probably just call with his king 8 of hearts. Normally, you do want to be jamming your best made hands and your draws. But in this exact scenario, you have to be very careful. Um, one benefit he has is that if he jams here and... Dirty Donna does call. Brian still has a decent amount of chips, right? He, he'll be left with about 40 big blinds. But I think you're going to find that when you see a very multi-way flop, as we did here, 
And there are many just stone nut hands that are never folding. Like a jack is just never folding here. You have to be very careful jamming your draws. It's a little bit different than if the board came something like jack nine four, because then maybe Dirty Donna folds out queen jack on jack nine four when she bets and then gets jammed on for a large amount. But in this scenario, clearly Dirty Donna is never going to fold a jack. I hope she doesn't fold a jack. I haven't watched this hand through. Um, but I think that you have to be very, very cautious in the spot in Brian's shoes. I definitely think he should be jamming some draws. I think that's a reasonable thing to do. But I think King 8 of Hearts is probably going to play well enough just by calling, even though he is facing a big bet. So he does jam for all the money. Dirty Donna looks like she beat him in the pot, so <laughs> we don't even get to see her call in the video. She, she called no problem. And... We're waiting for the graphics to catch up. It ran out 6-3. And now Jamar, who had uh, 17,000 chips, gets a gets all the way up to 93,000. So he did 6x up. And Dirty Donna goes from 60 big blinds up to 120 big blinds, just like that. So the question is, did Brian make some sort of significant blunder here by jamming? Um, well, the first question is, should he have three bet preflop when the second and third biggest stack raise and then call? I think that's definitely a reasonable play, but calling preflop is probably fine. When it comes jack nine nine, though, I think you have to be very cautious jamming because when Dirty Donna, who is, has been reasonable so far, right? Um, we're about 30 minutes into this final table. She's done nothing absurd. When she bets big on this flop, her range is going to be hands that are going to fold to the shove that, you know, or, you know, okay, maybe queen 10 and stuff like that. If she has a hand like aces, I suppose she'll probably fold to the shove too. But if she's raising stuff like queen jack offsuit, and presumably king jack offsuit, and ace jack offsuit, and jack 10 offsuit, and jack nine suited, there are a lot of jacks in her range that are just never, ever, ever folding. And for that reason, I think you need to flat the king eight suited. So uh, tough spot for Brian. He did not get there. And it's always brutal when you start the final table with a lot of chips. You chip up a little bit. And then you're pushing kind of hard and it fails. But the times you're going to find that pushing really hard fails frequently is when it's very, very multi-way. And that's what we were looking at here. So that's going to be it for this episode of Weekly Poker Hand. Thanks again to Stone's Gambling Hall for letting me use the footage. You can check them out on Twitter at Stone's Gambling. They have lots and lots and lots of streams, cash games, tournaments, etc. And it's a great place to play if you're ever in the area. Good luck in your games. I'll see you next week.